elate this first goal thing and what a difference it's made and was it a difference tonight at all in uh, team character that's been developing or changing or whatever and you'd succeeded with the same sort of uh, approach in, in Bakersfield when it came to starts can you articulate bringing it to Edmonton and exactly what you did and what you see yeah um so to the first part of the question i think it's pretty remarkable that uh when this year's version of the edmonton oilers scores first the the record i mean it's it's remarkable um i i don't know if it's a statistical oddity or why that is the case i would say that um when our staff came in about a month ago we wanted to make uh, it important to start well. We put a premium on starting well. We talk a lot about early urgency, um, wanting to sink our teeth into the other team immediately, um, and putting a little bit of onus on personal responsibility for players to find their game within the team right off the bat. Thank you. Jay, uh, I would ask that uh, you guys, have, your team appears to sort of, I want to say toughen up. Like, we watched a team a lot of the time this year that when, you know, a bad goal went in or a, you had a bad stretch, it stayed bad. Uh, what we see certainly again tonight is you can have a bad couple minutes, but it gets good again. Uh, I don't even know what the question there is, but how's that happen? <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of a statement. It is a uh, statement. Yes, it is a statement. Um, <laughs> well, it wasn't according to script to give up two goals in the first few minutes of the third period there. There was some uh, good fortune for the other team off the end wall and all that kind of stuff. But I like what um, our, our players were saying on the bench, uh, how they were supporting each other, how their belief system didn't waver. I think when you talk about resiliency, and, and that is a word we want um, to describe our team as being a resilient team, what that comes down to is when there's a shock to the system or something bad happens that you just don't abandon your structure or your way of being. And uh, for our team uh, to maintain um, our shape and continue to press forward, I thought that was a good sign and bodes well for us going forward. Please correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, but it seemed like there was a lot of line tinkering tonight. And can you just explain what went into that and, and how you were kind of trying to work players in and out of, of different lines and responsibilities? Yeah, I didn't think we skated very well in the first period uh, as a group. And so I was just trying to press a few buttons and move some pieces around the chessboard to, in an effort to try and get some people going. Um, and also, I didn't, I didn't love my, my deployment of uh, people and spreading the minutes around right off the bat. So um, we just tried to find a way to find the right combinations in order for us to, to win the game. That was what was most important. So how do you decide when you don't like something? You said you're critical of yourself there. Uh, when does that realization come in and how do you go about correcting it as a coach? Um, I put a lot of emphasis on self-assessment. So uh, usually at TV timeouts, when you get a little bit of a chance to think, uh, and to talk to your assistant coaches and um, it comes from feel, it comes from experience and I just didn't love the way we skated collectively and 
It was, it was trying to find the right combinations in order for us to win the game. You also have to give the other team credit. They have some good players on that team and uh, just trying to find the right matchups in order to gain a little bit of an advantage. Jay, a lot of talk uh, at this time of the year with potential acquisitions, but you guys already had a big addition this season in Evander Kane. Comes through again tonight. Can you talk about his play around the net and how he always seems to find the soft area to score? Yeah, um, he's feeling it right now. Uh, I think there's a good chemistry with him and Connor. Um, he has um, he has uh, found a niche of by going to hard areas to score goals. Uh, he, you know, he's also someone who can score from distance, but he doesn't just resort to playing on the outside or the periphery. He goes to hard areas to score. I think it's a good example for our younger players. And uh, we we're talking about line combinations a little bit earlier. I thought uh, in the second period, um, Zach Cassian did something for our team to put a, inject a little bit of emotion into the game. And uh, I know that the bench grew a little bit taller when he did that. And, and uh, you know, at that point in time, uh, we made the decision to put Cass up with Kane and Connor, and that was an effective unit for us too. Jay, when the training deadline's coming, how much discussion is it between the coach and the general manager as to what we possibly can get and what we possibly need? How much? Um, it's been my experience over my three different organizations that uh, there's usually quite a bit of uh, communication um, at this time of year. There's communication on a daily basis just on the general state of the team, uh, the lineups you're going to ice, who you liked in certain games, who you may not have liked in certain games. And so there's constant communication between our coaching staff and our management group. Do you suggest people to the general manager who you perhaps have coached before or you like say, I, I kind of like this guy? Um, the lane that I like to stay in is trying to get the most out of the people that are in front of me. Uh, if I'm asked questions, I'm not hesitant in any way to give my opinion. Um, and usually, if that's the case, it's it's one where I put a lot of thought and work into um, forming an opinion about uh, either players on our team or players around the league. Thank you. Can you can you speak to? Uh, uh, what you saw when you were an assistant coach here uh, with uh, Connor and, and, and Leon in particular that has evolved and changed to when you're returning as a head coach? Well, um, both of those guys were extremely young and finding their footing in the National Hockey League when I first uh, was an assistant coach. They were both dominant players as young players as we know. Um, they're their game has evolved. Uh, I said this the other other night. I don't think some of them, I don't think Connor specifically and Leon specifically get enough credit for um, some of the things they do defensively um, and how, how hard they play the game. So I see two young men that have uh, physically matured. I think their games have matured, and both of them are driven uh, to be the best they can be. They're driven to be the, the best players in the world, and most importantly, they're both driven to win. And can you speak to the, and you 
that's included in there somewhere, I guess, but just uh, how they've really embraced the leadership part of the game? Yeah, yeah, I feel good uh, with them on the ice because uh, I see them trying to do things right. Do they make mistakes even though they're the top players in, in the game? They still make mistakes on the ice, but they, they take ownership of those mistakes. They know when um, they can be better. Uh, they're constantly... Um, craving information uh, to help them be the best that they can be. Um, and they're hugely respected, uh, not only by the coaching staff here, but also by their, their teammates. And, and they are two people that are driving us forward. They're supported by some really good leaders in our room as well, guys like Darnell Nurse and some, some leaders who have um, gained experience in other organizations, guys like Duncan Keith and Mike Smith and those types. Um, you know, I, I think where their game is at it is in a good spot right now. They're trying to do it right on a night in, night out. Uh, if you look at their statistical pass, uh, particularly Connor, it seems like their last 25 games, there's an escalation. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you, do you sense that going on right now? Well, ever since our staff has been here for the last month or so, I've seen their game take off. Uh, and most importantly, uh, what well, the emphasis for our team has been is our work back to our own zone. And I see those two players leading the way in that charge. And, and when they do it, I know it's contagious. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.